10 for crack. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Misfits on Vinyl. My name is Spencer Straker. I'm an actor, comedian, and one of your hosts. My name is Aaron Walsh, and I'm one of your hosts. Aaron is also an actor. Yeah, it's early this morning. <laughs> it's not, it's 10 a.m. It is 10 a.m. It's actually 10.23 in the morning. Mm, I had to wake up at 6 this morning. 10.23 in the morning. Slight overcast. This is my audition for CKUA. <laughs> It's 10.23 in the morning. That last track was by Tanya Tucker. Mm. Next up, we have the Vitos. We're going to have a call in from the Vitos later. Yeah. <laughs> this week. This week. <laughs> On music that makes you fall asleep. <laughs> We're in the midnight hour. I'm a volunteer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, wake, I wake up at 2 a.m. for this radio show once a week. I love my life. All right, now a banger. Lots of people in the music scene think that I'm going to put them on my show, so they give me free tickets. Yeah. I never do. I never put anybody on my show. <laughs> I actually play silence. Listen, it's, volun- it's, it's donors like you mm-hmm. that really help keep the station alive. So please pledge at 1-800-593-CJSW. Now, if you guys are looking for something funny to do in the Invermere area... Please come see me next weekend. No, this weekend. May 13th. I'm at Arrowhead Brewing. Tickets are going slow. <laughs> Please, get your tickets to Invermere. Get your fucking tickets, Invermere. <laughs> okay, honestly, though, it's crazy because, like, okay, Swift Current and Medicine Hat, uh, you better get your tickets because it's almost sold out, both mm-hmm. those shows. So... Those are doing great. Kelowna, doing great. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Victoria, June 3rd. I'm at the Mint at 10 p.m. Nice. Uh, so I needed to make sure that that's out there. But Invermere, next, uh, this weekend, it's, uh, uh, yeah, get your tickets. Come on out. It's honestly going to be a great show. And it sucks because I, I, I realized that a month ago they had a theater show come through, like, mm-hmm. a, like a stand-up show in their theater. So I think all like 4,000 people who live there went to see that. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> which is which is a bummer. But I, I mean, it, you know what? The week of, a lot of times people buy tickets. So I'm not too worried about it. But Invermere. Get your tickets. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I have funny jokes to tell you. Nice. I have a whole hour of funny jokes. Mm-hmm. I've been working on this hour for years. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good. Well, speaking of your tour, I mean, you got a nice little feature in, was it Kelowna? Yeah, in the yeah. Kelowna Press. Yeah, yeah, that was that was cool. Uh, and, and there's a few other things that are going to be coming out soon, too, mm-hmm. uh, that I found out about about the tour. Uh, press related. Ooh. So we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, it's funny because now the press is referring to... Uh, it okay. First off, they mentioned us. Mm-hmm. They they didn't give a fuck about my TV credits, which is which makes me feel good because that means that we're doing better than the TV. Well, they, shows. Ca- they called you a music history buff. <laughs> yeah, which we I mean we do talk about music history, but neither of us are very buff. I no, so. I, I, <laughs> I it doesn't I would, make any sense. I would say that I am I am buff adjacent. Mm. Like I if I did a push up, yeah, I would look bigger. If I I could do a push up, <laughs> <laughs> listen. I feel like I feel like I feel like here's the thing. Like you and I are both like functionally uh, like athletic. Yeah. Like because we were both athletic growing up. Mm-hmm. We're both athletes in high school. Yeah. Uh, not to say that we're that far removed from no. high. Like not that we're like old and fucking decrepit or God no. Damn it. What I'm trying to say is like I feel like I am still functionally fit. No, I'm functionally fat. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I'm functionally fit anymore. I mean, I uh, I was certainly athletic. Yeah, I played lacrosse at a decently high level. Dude, and Lizzo runs life. marathons. Therefore, I am trying to say that mm. we can also do that. I don't run, dude. I know, me neither. No, but I, I, you know what, Lizzo is inspiring me. Maybe one day I'll I'll take the urge to get in shape, but it's not today. You know what, one day. <laughs> Maybe one also, day. have you seen Lizzo's TikToks? No, I haven't. Her shit's fucking great on TikTok. I haven't. I She's did really see. Funny. I did see the controversy in hockey though. Where <laughs> the the commentators said the guys had a Lizzo sized lunch. That's why they were skating slow. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> which didn't go over very well, believe it or not. I, surprise, surprise. I'm shocked that didn't go over very yeah. well. Who, which which commentator was that? That was P.K. Subban. P.K. Subban? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I Okay, you know what's so funny is like, I remember, uh, so I used to be a Habs fan when I was in high school. I am a Habs fan. Okay, so I was a Habs fan like like the the, the Subban, Carey Price era, mm-hmm. right? Like right when, 
right when Carey Price was uh, coming oh, onto the so scene. like 2010 on. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was like, I would say like 20, 2008 until around 2014. Like, mm-hmm. when I moved to Calgary, I was like, I, I live in this city. I got to support mm-hmm. the one sports team yeah, here. Yeah, fair enough. Fair I enough. mean, like, not that there's not more. There's mm-hmm. there's quite a few more. But you know what I mean. Yes. Uh, out of major sports teams. Uh, and, and at the time, I wasn't willing to not support the Riders still mm-hmm. in the CFL. And fair enough. I mean, I'll still, at a Stamps-Riders game, wear green. Cause Might be a hot take. I don't think it is a hot take, but I don't consider the CFL a major sport. Sports no, league. I don't either. Yeah. That, I, I consider it a really fun thing to go to. And yeah, I, it's, and, it's a fun and, game to and go I, to. And I think that, like... And, and, Okay, I think that when people try and compare it to the NFL, it's really funny because I'm like, those are way too different of games. Yeah, that's a joke. Way too different of games. Like, there's nothing, nothing even remotely comparable. Nobody brings their talent to the CFL by choice. No, put it that way. Yeah, nobody's like, I'm taking my my talents to Regina. No, (laughs) no. And and you know what's funny is like there there have been some people who have who have like absolutely developed more here and then went on like, like. in the 80s, mostly. Yeah. And, yeah. and, like, the 90s, like, yeah. Doug Flutie, mm-hmm. he was, like, arguably one of the best quarterbacks uh, of all time, I would say. In that era, I would say. In that say, era. Yeah. Like, you know, it, well, especially at that era, because it was, like, it was like uh, fucking John Elway mm-hmm. was one of the big names back then, mm-hmm. you know. Dan Marino. Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. Got Dan Marino. Uh, okay. We're, we're not a football podcast, but no. we, we both know a lot about football. I wear football. a sports jersey today, and then suddenly <laughs> we start talking about... I know a lot about sports in general. I mean, I'm a big sports guy outside of my... In my uh, one of my other interests, I know a lot about sports. I could talk sports for hours and hours. Misfits on sports now, sports now, sports now, sports now. Which sports are we gonna talk today? We don't fucking know. <laughs> Football or baseball <laughs> or hockey? <laughs> the game on ice. <laughs> it's misfits on sports now for me. Uh, the, the, Fuck Carl Malone. Yeah. <laughs> great. That's great. That's a great, great, great point, which will come up later today. Which will not. come up later Sorry, today. Sam, I'm fucking with the mic. Oh, that's all good. There we go. I, I answered on Sam's behalf. I shouldn't have. I apologize. <laughs> Sorry, Sam. Uh, Sorry, Sam. Uh, okay, so uh, every episode of Misfits on Oh, wait. We have a story that we have to get into beforehand. Yes. You guys went on an adventure. So if Sam would like to hop on the mic, we have some something new on the podcast. Hello. Sam Whoa, has a mic. Oh, you can hear him Sam now. Sam has a mic acquired yeah. through Facebook Marketplace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we were Boy, was that an adventure. <laughs> yeah. So so currently Sam Sam doesn't whip, so I am Sam's whipper. His whip whipper. Woofer? Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a whip because my whip got hit by a, like, 90-year-old Eastern European lady. (laughs) What's her name? Olga? I don't remember her name, but I do have a picture of her driver's license. Ooh, we could dox her. That's a great idea. (laughs) So, yeah, Sam asked me to pick him up and drive up to the north, and we're going to, you know, pick up these mics. So I was like, okay, that's fine, Sam. Yeah, I got you, my boy. And he's like, yeah, like, I'll get you some beer. We'll grab dinner. Whatever. I was like, wicked. It's like, you don't even have to do that, I believe, because I'm such a good guy is what I said. Uh, I said, you don't even have to get me anything. Yeah, because I'm... Pat so- yourself on the back a little more. <laughs> I'm, such, I'm such an amazing human. Uh, well, fucking, first of all, I love you, Sam, but 45 minutes of traffic Dude, to get from Blackfoot I, oh, to Blackfoot yeah. up to fucking uh, uh, Deerfoot City. Yeah. Uh, up by the rec room. And then we get there. It's nice. Sam got me some McChickens and this delicious vanilla chai frozen thing. Yeah, like the iced vanilla chai frap at McDonald's. It, we're sleeping on it. Like, yeah. It is yeah, fucking crack. unbelievable. I've actually thought since since we went up on Wednesday, I've thought about getting one twice. <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Like so it. that was Thursday and Friday. Today's Saturday. So it's been a daily thought. It's, wow. Yeah, it's like a more strong urge than than some drugs. <laughs> um, anyways, so we get up there and Sam, we eat, and then we're just hanging out. I can't remember, we were listening to fucking some. I can't even remember what we were listening to. New, new Tyler creator. We're just sitting chit chatting, and uh, Sam's like, "Oh, he's here." The guy texts him, "I'm in a blue Toyota hatchback. Like, come find me uh, in this giant parking lot." And uh, <laughs> this sounds so scary. I'm not gonna then, lie. Well, Sam, I, I, the the. 
the other part of this story is we were meeting him here because I found these microphones on Facebook Marketplace for a steal. Like, basically, you got two microphones for less than the price of one new one. Oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. it was an insane deal. That's a great deal. And yeah. I messaged him. Turns out he was in Medicine Hat, and I didn't read the full listing. And I was like, shit, I won't have time to drive out to you. Uh, I'm in Calgary. And he's like, well, I actually, like, I'm driving to Calgary to catch a flight to Kelowna. So that's why we were meeting him here because he was literally mm. driving. We made the trade, and then he was hopping on an airplane. Oh wow! Like he was a homie. <laughs> so I'm standing in this. I'm sitting in the parking lot waiting for Sam uh, to come back, and my windows rolled down, and some fucking guy come dri- comes driving by. These two guys in like a white SUV. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, do you want a TV?" I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> like for free?" He's like, yeah, do you want a TV? He's like, I got Amazon gave me extra TVs. Like, I got three or four of them. Oh, yeah, that old fucking. Yeah. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Like, I'm going to have a look. I want to see what these guys are going on about. So I walk over. This guy's got like $10,000 projector set up in his fucking car. He's got five or six of them. Yeah, and he starts telling me this bullshit story. I don't even have to ask where they came from. He just immediately goes in the story. It's like red flag number one. He's like, oh, yeah, like I went to Amazon for my work. I work at Boston Pizza. We were supposed to pick up one, and they gave me six. I just sold one for, like, two Gs, 2500 bucks. So, like, if you want to come in and offer me, like, 1800 1500 like, I'd be cool with that. I'd be like, first of all, like, thank you for thinking I have $1,800 just to spend nil- all nilly-willy. Like, I'm fucking, like, you know, that's, uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, that's, like, two weeks of my pay. Uh, you know, You're like, like, I've had this Sixers jersey since grade six, man. Yeah, I can't it's like, fucking it's like, I really that. appreciate you think me and my 2002 Dodge Dakota have 1800 bucks is willing to drop to a stranger in a parking lot. Um, real sound logic there, buddy. But he had like five or six of them, and he showed me. He's like, this one's got a, the projector had an MSRP of fucking eight grand on the bottom. He showed me the tag, and then the screen was another like two and a half G's. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, dude, like, just come in and like, you know, like, you could do like 1500. Like, nah, dude, sorry. Like, I don't have this. I even like, you know, I don't have the space for it, man. Like, not really something I'm looking to buy right now. Like, I was also like, this is not a TV. Uh, this is a projector. <laughs> um, kind of a whole different ball game. Anyway, so I walk away. The guy tries to, like, bring me back in a couple different times. He's like, oh, come on, bro. Like, what's the best you can do? Blah, 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 blah. Name a price. Yeah, name, name a, a price. price. And then Sam comes back with his mics, and I was like, telling Sam. And then they, they peeled off. They come back around again, roll down the window. It's like the other guy starts talking to him. He's like, hey, man, like, what can you give me, like, right now for it? Like, if you were to give me anything <laughs> and then i was like no dude and then they just took off oh dude what yeah so i don't know that's very interesting they're definitely stolen uh, <laughs> they almost... were eyeing us down too when they like drove off that one dude was just staring you're fucking us. mad I was yeah like oh fuck. If, <laughs> if i can be totally honest if i was a thief and i saw you two sitting at a in, in aaron's truck in a parking lot <laughs> yeah i don't know if i would come up to you guys first to see if you'd buy something. I know. You know, I just, I don't know why. I just have a feeling I wouldn't. I didn't seem like the target audience. Like, I mean, I, I wasn't going to narc on him, but it was pretty fucking weird. <laughs> it was pretty fucking weird. And the, <laughs> yeah, the guy was real strange. Um, so yeah, if you're missing five to six fucking ten thousand yeah, dollar projector set, uh, like setups in a plex close by. yeah if you guys <laughs> oh are, yeah you guys are missing some large uh very expensive projectors uh i think his name is abdi <laughs> abdi has them uh and he's in different city <laughs> wow uh, so in like a white van you know in a, I, in I a white gmc oh, yeah. suv um yeah Oh, man. So <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That's a wild fucking story. Yeah, that was just a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> it was real straight. Never had anything like that happen to me before. Yeah, that was just a Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Then we got these microphones, and now everybody can hear my sweet, sultry voice. Yeah. I, I'm actually so happy about that because, uh, as we were saying earlier, every time that Sam would talk before, mm-hmm. I'd have to turn the volume up. And then when Sam would finish talking, my obnoxious fucking laugh would kick in mm-hmm. so loud. Uh, I've been really self-conscious about that since I've been re-listening. Well, to the- I listened to our podcast and I was like, why do I laugh like that? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what my fucking <laughs> laugh I do, but it's stupid. <laughs> my laugh is stupid. Man, I I don't even think it's it's that our laughs are stupid. It's that they're loud. Yeah, That's they the su- part that... I, I, I also laugh at myself too. And anytime I'm laughing really hard, I always 
throw my head back. Like, yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like pulling me, pulling my hair back. I fucking so hit my knee. Yeah, I, I always I, do the... <laughs> I do a literal knee slap. Yeah, yeah. And then Sam always loves to zoom in on my face when I do that. <laughs> Every yeah. time I whip my head back, is I get the close zoom. It's such, I, a, it's such a good edit reaction. Yeah. yeah Every I, time. Uh, I think both of us do that when we mm. edit clips. I think that that's how we know when the clip is, is when Aaron throws his head back. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> I actually nice. have an AI scanning the video. Yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. Great idea. Like, well, okay. I just fucked up the algorithm by doing that three times in a row. Go back a minute, and then there we go. There's the clip. Okay. Uh, so, on Misfits on Vinyl. Yes, yeah, that was a bit of a turn. We got to do our little Today in... Uh... Today in Music History. Yes. You Sam wanna... Sam's Today in Music mm-hmm. History. Me? You. Okay, I'll put my mic down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so imagine that this is a trumpet. This is Sam's Today in Music <laughs> History. In 1985, all-girl group, the Go-Go's, announced they were breaking up. The members went on to enjoy solo success. Mm. Belinda Carlson and Jane Wielden. So they did Go-Go, eh? They did. Mm. And the group reformed in the late 90s. Nice. Uh, In 2010, New York's Apollo Theater began installing bronze plaques on the sidewalk outside of the building of legends who had close ties to the theater. Among the first group honored were James Brown, Michael Jackson, nice, Smokey Robinson, nice, and Ella Fitzgerald. That's a pretty good list. That's a pretty fucking good, good all-star list. cast. Uh, a concert with them, yeah, would be fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. That's a good starting five. There's only did you say five? There's four. Oh, well, we need somebody else. Smokey Robinson is like counts as two. Yeah, that works. I'd, I'd count them as two. Yeah, that works. Uh, okay, in 1986, Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee married TV star Heather Locklear in a courtyard in Santa Barbara, California with 500 guests. Mm. Tommy wore a leather tuxedo. Nice. Now, I got a funny funny thing about this. So I, I read all of the like Motley Crue autobiographies in, in when I was in high school. I used to be a pretty big crew head. Yeah. Uh, and uh, shortly after they got married... Tommy Lee went to Mexico on, like, a, a trip with his friends, mm-hmm. and he went fishing, and he got, like, you know, one of those giant, like, marlins, like a, a spearfish, yeah. right? And uh, so he got it, like, mounted. <laughs> he brought it home, <laughs> and Heather Locklear wouldn't let him put it up. So he, like, carried it out to the sidewalk and, like, sat on the fucking sidewalk and cried for an hour about <laughs> it, which I think is so funny because he wrote it in his book. That's funny. I, he's still not over it. I thought you were going to say, yeah, like, shortly after they got married, they went to Mexico on a fishing trip with his buddies, and he came back with chlamydia. <laughs> and then they got divorced. Well, actually, the reason that they got divorced was because when uh, Motley Crue was recording uh, the album Without Vince Neil mm-hmm. uh, in the mid-'90s there, uh, they were at the studio late at night, and Tommy Lee hooked up with a porn star in the bathroom of the music studio. And by the time that he got back into the booth, Heather Locklear had phoned like the 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 chain of fucking stories from uh, porn stars stretches so wide that it it she had phoned the studio and was asking him for a divorce. Mm. Which is pretty fucking wild. They were just like talking into cups with strings and they're just going around, <laughs> yeah. going around from porn star to porn star. <laughs> Dude, I, okay, I have one more story yes, about this. Yes. So, uh, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. about 10, 15 years ago, worked on a movie with Heather Locklear. And uh, in between takes, uh, like Heather Locklear is in holding and she's like reading a newspaper. This was like, yeah, 15 years ago. She's, she's holding a newspaper. Uh, but, uh, she was reading about Motley Crue's uh, final tour, four final tours ago, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, my friend was like, uh, "Oh, that's cool, yeah, like the uh, Motley Crue." And then Heather Locklear is like, "Yeah, I used to be married to the drummer." And then my friend had no idea that, one. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, you fucking suck!" <laughs> I, like, ah, I would have had so many questions. Yeah, I would have followed up quite a with quite of a range. I would have had such a such an array of questions and not like inappropriate ones. Like I would have just been genuinely interested. Like what the hell was it like going to a Motley Crue show in the eighties? Mm-hmm. Like Jesus Christ. When uh, like his, his rotating drum kit, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> they, like they, they engineered that in the eighties. That's wild. Um, <clears throat> okay. Uh, in 1999, American singer, songwriter, poet, cartoonist, screenwriter, and author of children's books, 
Uh, Shell Silverstein died of a heart attack, age 57. Wow, that was a lot of titles. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is a lot of... She's done a lot. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, mm. uh, not since then, but uh, <laughs> a lot before that. True. Uh, Good so point, Spencer. <laughs> Shell had r- wrote a boy named Sue for Johnny Cash, which uh, she won a Grammy for in 1970, and many songs for Doctor Hook, including Sylvia's Mother and the cover of the Rolling Stone. Nice. That's pretty fucking cool. I had no idea about that. Um, I did not know that. Uh, I honestly thought that she was just a children's book author. Hmm. I love the song "A Boy Named Sue." Me too. Like yeah, underrated. Too. I shouldn't say underrated, but that might be my favorite Cash song. I, I think it's yeah. It's 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 definitely up there. If I had to it, top five, it's in there. It's, it's fucking. Good. It's yeah. It's so good. Uh, I think that my favorite underrated one is "Cocaine Blues." Mm. I think like that like. But like very similar style, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like it's like aggressive storytelling song. Yeah. It, also, I don't think uh, you mentioned it because I didn't put it in the doc. But this is music history for May tenth. Yes, May May tenth. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I I had a seizure for a second there. I was really scared. Uh, okay. Nineteen sixty seven. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards appeared at Chester Crown Court, Sussex, charged with being in possession of drugs. They elected to go to trial, pleading not guilty, and were both granted a hundred pounds bail. No, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, in 1969, Led Zeppelin made their first appearance in the UK album chart when the band's debut album charted at number six, going on mm. to spend 71 weeks on the chart. It entered the US charts the following week at number 10, recorded in around 36 hours. Wow. Uh, the album is now considered one of the most important debuts in rock, uh, generating an entirely new interpretation of rock and roll and groundbreaking musical styles and recording techniques. Fuck yeah. Cool Calgary connection here. Mm. Uh, the uh, uh, board that they recorded on was actually at the music. Uh, center here uh, oh, a couple that's of months cool. ago and they had uh they had a, a listening night where you could go in it was a lot of money like like not yeah. a lot but you know what i mean it was like it was like 350 bucks to go in and listen to like a lot of the demos that were recorded on that board interesting not just by zeppelin there was like some big fucking bands and and then including i believe Loverboy and mm. uh the stampeders also recorded that's on that. cool we should do some content at the music center i feel like we have a great resource in the yeah. city and uh, i haven't even been there before i so. know me neither yeah and, and i would love same to. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do a Misfits do... on Vinyl uh, field trip. Yeah, that'd be fun. That would actually be a shit ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, in 1937, American jazz pianist, composer, and arranger Mike Melvoin was born. He worked as a prolific studio musician, recording with Frank Sinatra, John Lennon, Tom Waits, Barbara Streisand, The Jackson Five, Natalie Cole, and the Beach Boys on Pet Sounds. Nice. He worked in the early 70s as a music director on the Partridge Family recordings <laughs> and also <laughs> composed for film and television, contributing scores to fame. Wow. Uh, he died in Burbank, California on February 22nd, 2012 at the of cancer at the age of 74. All right. Releases on this day. First one. Mm-hmm. It's a big one. I'm ready. 2005. Yes. The Dave Matthews Band oh. released Stand Up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck Dave Matthews. That's another one we should beef with. Dude, I, uh, you know what? I, the one, the one thing I will say about Dave Matthews over, uh, Counting Crows, because to me, they sound exactly the same. Mm. I've had a hard time distinguishing the two at times, um, personally. Uh, and I, okay, I like the lead singer of Counting Crows. I think he's an interesting yeah, Adam dude. Adam Durwitz. Yeah, he's, he seems cool. Uh, I just don't like the fucking music. They, That's fair. Uh, Do you, you know, know the story about Dave Matthews Band with the shit? No. Did you ever hear about this story? I don't know the details, but uh, Dave Matthews Band, their tour bus, I can't remember what city. I think it was Chicago. I, I, I Don't quote me on this, but I know the, the gist of the story. Anyways, they were on top of like a bridge, like an overpass, and they started dumping their shit. Over the overpass, and they dumped it onto like a bunch of people. It might have been a parade. Uh, some something ridiculous like that. Wow. Sam might have to fact check me on that, but look up Dave Matthews shit story. But yeah, they fucking dumped shit like on top of people. I like them more now. I feel like it. Like there could it could be worse than what I'm even saying. Like that's could, actually like insane. Yeah. 
I I uh, the only thing that I know of the Dave Matthews Band that I listen to is their uh, collab with uh, Jurassic Five. Yeah, that's a that's a great song. Oh, they have that. I like Crash is okay. Crash. Okay, this is actually funny. I'm just going to read you the headline. Yeah, do it. Um, So this was Dave Matthews' tour bus dumped 800 pounds of shit on people (laughs) taking a Chicago River cruise. Yes, yes. That's what I thought. Yeah, okay. Yeah, illegal dumping. And the 800 pounds of shit was all of his albums, actually. It wasn't even feces. Ah! That's so fucking Okay, yeah, so I knew there was something. I knew it was Chicago. Yeah, fuck. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, and then, yeah, they later donated $50,000 to an environmental organization I feel as like an apology. you should donate that to each person that got yeah. shit on. That's <laughs> almost 20 years ago. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, it, today in music, Dave Matthews dumped <laughs> shit on people, on unsuspecting victims. Fuck Dave Matthews. Yeah, so uh, see, I knew there was something to do with shit in Dave Matthews. <laughs> Um, that wasn't just their music. It wasn't a commentary on his <laughs> on his albums. Yeah, no, pretty uh, pretty funny. All right, so in 1988, Prince released "Love Sexy." Mm. Uh, in 1982, Duran Duran released "Rio." Nice. Her name is Rio. That's a good track. Oh, it's so good. Uh, 1993, Blur released "Modern Life Is Rubbish." Mm. Uh, I love that album. That is a great so album. So fucking good. Mm. Also, uh, aren't uh, isn't the okay? What's Blur and the Gorillas connection again? The lead singer, uh, yeah, lead the lead singer. singer. Okay. I'm blanking on his name, but he, that was actually, if I'm not mistaken, the last album he worked on before they split and oh, he shit. became the Gorillas. Okay, mm. that's good to know. Maybe there was one other after that. But I think there might be one because the Gorillas debut was 2001. I thought. Yeah, or yeah. isn't isn't he on song two? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he did a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And Song 2, I think, was on their 1997 album. Yeah, it's one of their later albums. But yeah, same singer. I forget his name as well, but yeah, same singer. Yeah, super fucking... You know what? I I, I think it's funny. There's a a documentary that I have to check out. It was recommended to me uh, from Connor Christmas. Shout out to Connor Christmas. uh, About uh, the beef between Blur and Oasis. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in the '90s, and apparently it's really fucking good. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, uh, but I really want to check it out. There's this clip going around about Oasis. Um, Matt Healy from the 1975. It was on Q. It's been bumping around on all the things, but he's talking about how ridiculous it is that Oasis are still fighting. He's like, imagine like not being in the top bands in the world because you're. He says, "Marting is like because you're marting with your brother. Like <laughs> fucking make up." <laughs> It's like you're dressing like you're in your 20s and you're in your 50s. Sort yourself out. Yeah, he's just like going in on him. It's quite funny. Well, maybe yeah. he's going to be the one that changes him. Yeah, because after all, he's Matt from the 1975. <laughs> uh- <laughs> okay, uh, in 1994, Weezer releases their self-titled debut album, nice. Weezer, the Blue Album. And in 2005, they released Make Believe. Which has one of my favorite Weezer songs on it. Which one's that? Beverly Hills. Nice. I, I know. Is that where you want to be? That is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hear me, baby. Hear me, baby. Okay. Uh, now, every episode of Misfits on Vinyl, we review yes. an album. Yes. Sometimes it's one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a popular one. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it hits the crossover of the two. Yeah. This one. Uh, it's just popular. It's just popular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put it blankly. Um, I'm wearing an Allen Iverson jersey, and I happen to be Caucasian, and then there's a purpose to this. Yes, and I, <laughs> I am poor. Yeah. There also happens to be a purpose for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bad financial decisions. Bad financial uh, decisions. <laughs> and shitty tattoos. Shitty um, tattoos. Uh, so the album that we're reviewing this week is... Drum roll, please. Lightning bolts. Uh, pew! Post pew! Malone's Stony. Stony from Post Malone. It is the debut album from American rapper and singer Post Malone. It was released on December 9th, 2016 by Republic Records. 
That's the same day that my debut album came out. Really? There you go. I'm not even kidding. That is uh, uh, that is the day that Winning by Default came out, which you can no longer get online. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I kept it out for a few years, and then I was like, eh, it's not really my style yeah. anymore. But it got me nominated for a Canadian Comedy Award for go. Best Album. So uh, uh, just a weird connection. He, uh, he was actually late on the release of this album, about a month in four or five days. Wow. Late, yeah. So it was a late release. That's crazy. Yeah, it's behind. It's funny because I had mixed my album like pretty much the week that I had recorded it, mm-hmm. and then I just sat on it for a few <laughs> months because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know when I want to release it. And then I was like, right before Christmas is a good time. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, people actually bought it right before nice, Christmas, nice. which was surprising. <laughs> that worked out. Um, okay, so the album was recorded in Texas, California, New York, and Florida throughout 2016 and tw- or 2015 and 2016. Uh, he generally sing raps on the album uh, and is noted for its woozy contemporary R&B hip-hop production. The album also features influences from country and outlaw country music. Mm-hmm. Uh, album features guest appearances from Justin Bieber, Kalani, 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 mm-hmm. and Quavo. Quavo, yeah, Quavo. You got that. <laughs> I nailed that. Yeah. <laughs> ah, uh, the deluxe edition was released on the same day. It features an additional guest appearance from Two Chains. Two Chains. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. The production on the album was handled by Malone himself, weird name for a producer, uh, Mustard, <laughs> <laughs> Metro Boomin, yeah. Vinyls, Frank Dukes, Ilangelo, mm-hmm. Ilangelo, 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 yeah. Charlie Handsome, yeah. wonder if he's ugly, uh, Rex Kudo, Foreign Tech, and Pharrell Williams, among others. Jesus Christ! I like I like to I like it. to give you the the names because I know you struggle. Metro Boom and uh, and Pharrell are definitely the biggest names on yeah. here. Yeah, uh, Mustard's fairly large as well, uh, but <laughs> his real name is his real name is Dijon. That's why he goes by Mustard. Oh, why? His first name is Dijon. Why is his name Dijon? Uh, I don't know. Because uh, Grey Poupon was big at the time when he was born. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, Metro Boomin. If, for those of you that don't know, Metro Boomin now is but Metro Boomin make it boom. Uh, I mean, he's been on a bunch of albums. He's Wasn't got that some... snow? No, uh, I like you boom boom now. No, that's not the. It's his <laughs> producer tag. You're driving me insane right now. Uh, he got kind of big around this time. Insane in the membrane. <sighs> he got big around this time for his collaborations with Kanye West, Post Malone. He's now frequently collaborated with Twenty One Savage. Um, they have an album together and he just released heroes villains this year. It's got a bunch of the top songs out right now. The one with the weekend creep in, uh, is very popular. Spencer, do not interrupt me one more time. Uh, anyways, Metro Boomin asked 21 (laughs) to collab. I bet he was like 21. Can you do something for me? Oh, probably, probably. I don't, I don't even think you've listened to that song. Uh, anyways, anyways, Metro Boomin is a big name. Uh, that's all I want. That was my point. Metro Uh, Boomin. Yeah, Metro Boomin make a boom. Continue. I prefer <laughs> urban, uh, 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 country silence. Okay. Mm. Mm. I farted. <laughs> um, okay, so White Iverson was the debut single by Post Malone. It was originally released independently on Post SoundCloud. It had a million streams in its first month, leading him to land a record deal with Republic and releasing Stoney a yes. year later. That's a bit of the background to when this album came out. That's so. crazy. Uh, this album helped Post rise to his current fame and success as one of the best-selling artists of all time, selling over 80 million records. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. And he's still, he's releasing an album this year. He released one last year. Um, I mean, not this is not his best work. Uh, I mean, I still think he peaked at Beer Bongs and Bentleys. Yeah. Um, that had like eight tracks in the top 20 billboards. Um, and it was at parties everywhere. Yeah, he's when still that came releasing out. quite a bit of music. Um, so that's a that's a little bit about that. You know, it's also really interesting. This is like a, a side note, but talking about the country influences, one of my favorite things that came out of the pandemic was when he did the stream where he was doing all like country, mm-hmm. and it was like he finished it with uh, Sturgill Simpson's "Wear the Crown." Mm-hmm. Fucking oh god, he 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 literally uh, nailed the song, yeah, and 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 did it justice. And uh, 
Yeah, I, I was actually very impressed by that because I didn't. Uh, I think that was when I really started to appreciate him as a musician. Well, there's uh, some of his early clips too. There's a famous one of him singing a Bob Dylan song. That's the big one on YouTube uh, when he first started out, which we'll get into because there's quite. He's got a quite interesting. His about him is more interesting, I think, than this album itself. How he kind of became famous, I think, is way more interesting than. This this piece of music. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into it about yeah. the artist. Let's do it. All right. So Austin Richard Post was born on July 4th, 1995 in Syracuse, New York. Him and I are the same age. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, he was raised by his father, Richard Post, and his stepmother, Jody. His father had been a DJ in his youth and introduced Malone to different genres of music, including hip-hop, country, and rock. Nice. Yeah. Very, very weird combo to be introduced to mm-hmm. you know no 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 what i mean is like it's interesting because like i think a lot of times if your parents introduce you to a, a type of music usually it's like one yes. genre you know yeah like i think that both of us probably can nail down the genres that our parents listen to yeah that and i would not include hip-hop in either no, my those. dad's like newfoundland folk music <laughs> Uh, <laughs> heave away, me dollies, heave away. <laughs> Your dad's listening to the East Coast Music Awards yeah. compilation now we're albums. down in Old St. John's where all the girls are dancing, heave away, me jolly boys, we're all around the bay. <laughs> sometimes we're off to Liverpool, sometimes we're off to Spain, heave away, me jollies, heave away. Now we're down in old St. John's where all the girls are dancing, heave away. We're all around the bay. Hey! (laughs) I have to say, one thing that I really appreciate about about the East Coast of Canada is the fucking music that everyone knows, like these sea shanties, and they all sing them, and they're all so fucking happy. I love some of the songs. Some of the lyrics are great. Like, there's the old, the old black rum is great. It's like, the old black rum's got a hold on me like a dog wrapped round my leg. (laughs) 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 Just great music, man. (laughs) Like a dog wrapped round my leg. Hey! Who says the old black rum's got a hold on me Will I live for another day? Hey, will I live for another day? Holy fuck, that's mm. funny. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so when when Malone was nine years old, he and his family moved to Grapevine, Texas, and his father became the manager of concessions for the Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he began to play the guitar after shredding and being the shit at Guitar Hero 2. That's a direct quote. <laughs> that's I assumed. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. He figured he might as well try the real deal. You know, it's funny because I uh, did not have that experience. Mm. I remember... 100%ing everything with the bass on Rock Band and having no inclination to mm. learn the bass at all. Yep. I was just like... <laughs> he, he said, quote for quote, he said he had his flip phone and he would record himself shredding Guitar Hero 2. And then he thought, yeah, I might as well learn the real thing, uh, is what he said. I watched some video of one of his early interviews on Noisy, I think, did. So a lot of the... Some of the interesting stuff comes from that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so according to Malone, he chose Post Malone as his stage name when he was 14 or 15. The name was rumored to be a reference to the professional basketball player Carl Malone. Yikes. Two-time no. Olympian. Do you know about Carl Malone? I, I know he played for the Jazz, and he won two gold medals. Do you know he impregnated a 13-year-old when Ooh, he was in his I early 20s? did not know that. Yeah. That's a... Yeah, so Carl Malone is kind of disgraced. Yeah. Well, I guess it's... Uh, I, I mean, he did live in Utah, but still is still pretty brutal. Carl, come the on. The age of consent there is whatever... Yeah, I think he was in university when this happened, but he's pretty pretty brutal. Yikes. And it all came out after and kind of sullied his legacy. Yeah, no, I I, I see why. Yeah. Uh, that's not a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's very bad, actually. Yeah. And uh, he didn't even pay child support. Wow. Yeah. And yet, he was... Like one of the best players in the league, yeah, and was making millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. That's why I said yikes. Yeah, that's a big yikes. Yeah. I didn't, I couldn't find any of that on his Wikipedia even. Yeah, because I I, I I looked up some fun facts about Carl Malone beforehand. Mm. 
Mm, well, it actually has nothing to do with Carl Malone because he put his name in a rap name generator. Yes. And uh, on Google, and that's how we got Post Malone. Which, you know what? Good name. Yeah. Good name. Pretty good. Uh, th- yeah, that, that's really gross about Carl Malone. Yeah, um, I'm sorry you know to break it to you. Uh, you know what's really funny about that, though? Uh, he did a sec- segment on uh, Jimmy Kimmel for a few mm-hmm. years called uh, Alone with Carl Malone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He was never alone, apparently. No, no. It sounds like you, you don't want to be alone with Carl yeah, Malone. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. leave your kids alone with Carl Malone. Yeah. Uh, okay, so according to Malone, his first foray into professional music began when he was in a heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, during his high school years, he posted cover songs and made YouTube videos with his friends. Famously, one of these videos titled, Why Don't You Love Me, resurfaced post-fame and has gained 15 million views. Yeah, it's like a goofy song he wrote. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, uh, is it a Justin Bieber parody? No. Why don't you love me? No, not quite. It's, he's wearing like short shorts and a track jacket, and he's like running in front of a green screen. It's How good, good were his shorts, Aaron? Uh, see, I'm not vibing with yours today. They're okay. I'm not saying I dislike them. They're just compared to the other shorts. I like these better than the other ones. Honestly, I think you're wrong. I I like them because they match my hat, and then if I wear my purple chucks with this, I I'm all matching. Mm. Nice. I'm all. I'm all tall. I like your green shorts. We've well, established this. We've established this. Well, <laughs> uh, after a brief stint in community college, mm-hmm. he dropped out. His friend Jason Stokes, who had a successful gaming channel on YouTube, was planning on moving to out to LA and creating content in a in a house with a bunch of other gamers. Post asked to tag along, even though he had no money from uh, pro- with promises to repay Jason. Uh, Post regularly. Pre- uh, appeared performing covers in Minecraft universes streams on Twitch and YouTube. Yep. Wow. So this um, would have been like 2013, 2014 before he got famous. Um, yeah. So he, yeah, he like, he talked about it in this thing. Yeah. He just basically, he was like, Jason, can I go with you? I have no money. <laughs> and he let him come along and he said he slept in his friend's closet. So wow. yeah, for the first like year or whatever, he was living there. You know what? He kind of, he, 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 he... He sounds like me if things went right. Well, just just <laughs> just, just just wait cuz the next part uh, we could skip over but he even said uh like he was so poor that he would like scrounge through their couch for change uh or go through his buddy's car to get change so he could buy the important things, cigarettes and beer. Which is the quote directly from him. Yeah. That is that has been me before. Yeah, yeah, I have done like, that. Yeah, I'd go through the couch or go through his car just like to get a pack of cigs. That was that was his main priority at the time was just cigarettes and alcohol which you know what that's that's fair i think mm-hmm. that's most artists yeah at a certain point if you're uh so if you're not a nippo baby you i like the way it. he put it that he's like oh yeah i just like scrounged through his car he's like no you stole <laughs> you stole money you would open your buddy's car and you would steal from him uh but you know dude, that's so funny because i hadn't even thought about it yeah. like that but yeah he's the thief okay mm-hmm. yeah. uh, <laughs> um Okay, so after moving to L.A., he first met FKI mm-hmm. first. Yeah, FKI first. Okay. Uh, what the fuck is that? I don't know. I don't That's know. so stupid. I don't know. Uh, who introduced him to Rex Kudo, who in turn helped him produce White Iverson. Post recorded the song two days after he wrote it. Uh, he thought of the name after getting braids in his hair, uh, thinking he looked like a White Iverson, a reference to the professional basketball player Alan Iverson with uh, no money post felt pressure to release the song immediately despite advice to wait he released it the day after the recording was completed currently the music video has over a billion views mm-hmm. that's crazy it cost him five thousand dollars to make that music video wow yeah yeah is what he said so it's quite that's really crazy mm-hmm. and with YouTube that means that he made like 4,000 back. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> he almost broke even. He almost broke even. Uh, after hitting 1 million views within a month of releasing white Iverson Malone quickly garnered attention from record labels in August of 2015. He signed a recording contract with Republic records. Yep. You know what I was doing in August of 2015 moving here. Uh, no, I lived here already. Nice. Uh, I was uh, a, a professional extra for a summer. Nice. Yeah, it was. Fun. It was actually like it, it's funny because like looking back on it is really funny because I was just running around to open mics and doing uh, doing background work mm-hmm. and That's doing fun. like a few like short films and like uh, I have a I have a story to to tell about this because uh, this is in August of 2015. Uh, I did. Uh, I I was special skills uh, mm. on an episode of uh, Hell on Wheels. Nice. 
And uh, you see me for a brief second because there's a big gunfight between the the Confederates and the Yankees. Uh, like I'm in a, a Yankee camp and we're all mm. sitting around the fire, like listening to a song. And then a bunch of Confederate soldiers ride in on horses and they <laughs> fucking are firing guns at everyone. People are falling through tents and shit. I literally only got it because I, I had my pal. So they, they, that was the only reason. Nice. But they were like, uh, at the time, I got paid $35 an hour. And I, uh, for one of those hours, they cut my hair. So I got paid $35 to get my hair cut, which I think is pretty fucking funny. Uh, So uh, August 2015, he performed at Kylie Jenner's 18th birthday party where he met Kanye West, who enjoyed his music, leading to him collaborating with Malone on his single Fade from the album Life of Pablo. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, Malone later began a friendship with Canadian singer Justin Bieber, leading to Malone being an opening act for Bieber's Purpose World Tour in 2016 to 2017. Which the that that was honestly a, some of the best Bieber music I would say. Yes, some of his best work. I mean, there's some weird conspiracy going on about him now. Like you know, he's selling off his masters. Apparently, like people think he got married because he had a criminal record and his work visa in the U.S. There was mm. going to be issues with his work visa, and then now apparently there also might be some issues with his masters. It's a conspiracy theory going around that he can't actually collect the dues from his masters what he's owed from his masters because of his criminal convictions so there's some sort of weird wait what yeah because it's like it's based in the u.s that's what the kids i don't know it's i don't know if i fully buy it but the marriage thing i might buy because they got married they got married in a hot a hot flash in a hot second i i I also buy the whole like uh uh uh, church angle and Mm -hmm. like uh uh steven because it's steven baldwin's kid right like the 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 whole conspiracy about the like yeah, like, you know, it was a contract and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like, yeah, that makes sense. That fucking happens in Hollywood all mm-hmm. of the time. There's these contract marriages that are yeah. just for a purpose, right? Um, okay, so Malone later called the album Stony Mediocre. He's self-aware. He's self-aware. <laughs> yeah. I would also call this album... Mediocre. Yeah, slightly less than mediocre. Yeah, I would agree. Um, in February 2017, he revealed the title of his next project, Beer Bongs and Bentleys. In September of 2017, he released the first single from the album Rockstar featuring 21 Savage. Song peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and held the spot for eight consecutive weeks. Mm-hmm. It was a good time in music. Yeah, that's a good album. Upon release, Beer Bongs and Bentleys broke the first day streaming records on Spotify with 78.7 million streams worldwide. It mm-hmm. debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, moving 461,000 album equivalent units in its first week. Wild. With 153,000 of those coming from pure sales. Mm-hmm. The album was also certified platinum by the RIAA four days after its release and spawned three top 10 songs and six top 20 mm-hmm. songs. Pretty That's wild. fucking yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, later that year, he broke Michael Jackson's 34-year record for most weeks on the Billboard's top R&B hip-hop albums chart with Stoney reaching its 77th week on the ranking compared to the 76 weeks that Thriller spent. Uh, Malone was nominated for four awards at the Grammy Awards uh, for his album Beer Bongs and Bentleys. Uh, among the nominations were Album of the Year and Record of the Year. Mm-hmm. Didn't uh, win. Didn't win? No. No win. No win Malone. No win Malone. He went home alone. He went home alone. All right. On August 26, <laughs> 2019, he announced on Twitter that his third album is called Hollywood's Bleeding and would be released on September 6, 2019. The album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, selling 489,000 album equivalent units in its first week. It featured a track with Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah. Hollywood's uh, Bleeding would go on to be nominated for Album of the Year at the 63rd Grammys. Mm-hmm. And 12 Carat Toothache, his fourth album, uh, it was released on June 3rd, 2022. Yeah, and there's a couple little tracks in... Co- collapsed through there like sunflower was for the into the spider verse that's a one of his more popular songs he's got that awful track jackie chan with tiesto mm. yeah <laughs> i just ordered sushi from japan now we're gonna kick it jackie chan yeah not the right 
country. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jackie Chan's from Hong Kong. Yeah. Uh, Fairly certain. Yeah, yeah. I feel like... 99.99% uh, And sure. as controversial as Hong Kong's geography is in some spaces and who they belong to, it's definitely not the Japanese. No. Um, so uh, it's definitely not the Chinese either. Come at me, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, uh, <laughs> These opinions are Aaron's and not my own. I believe that Taiwan is a state of China. Come, come attack my phone. Come <laughs> Shut check. the fuck up, Spencer. <laughs> come, come check my data. Uh, come, come hack me, China. They already have. <laughs> they I, already yeah, have all. I have data. no plans of owning a Huawei. I have no plans of visiting your country. Um, you treat your people terrible. Um, so yeah, that's uh. That's but they're high speed rail though. Yeah, who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, there's a genocide. The Uyghur Muslims. Um, Hong Kong should be an independent state. Taiwan should be an independent state. Um, I agree with all of these things, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we may have to cut this because we'll get we'll get attacked. No, I don't think that we'll get <laughs> no, attacked. We, won't get we, attacked. we will not get attacked. I think like okay, here's I can't wait to post that clip on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll go far on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the algorithm will love that. Yeah, that that for sure will not get a shadow banned yeah, on the app yeah. that is run by the the state government of China. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, what okay, what I what I think is crazy, uh have you seen the uh documentary uh oh shit, what's it called? Oh, can't get you out of my head. Mm-mm. It's a it's a six parter, it's it's a BBC doc, and it's all about like basically it's about like uh uh propaganda and like media manipulation. And it looks at uh like four distinct uh, you know, uh Okay, it, it's it's all through like the 1900s until now, but it looks at at four countries in particular. It looks at the U.S., China, uh, Russia, and the U.K. because mm-hmm. they had the most like change yeah. in that uh, time, right? But what's crazy is that the same tactics that like the Communist Party used for the uprising, excuse me, in China are the same tactics that corporate America uses mm. to sell products, which is pretty fucking funny, honestly. Doesn't surprise me. It, yeah, it's not not at all shocking. Um, um, but yeah, the uh, <laughs> we won't go too deep on the relationship with China. But yeah, no, they're not. Why uh, did you say it like Trump there? Yeah, because I had to. <laughs> China. I, uh, but I won't go too deep into the relationship have, with China. I have no issue with the Chinese people. I have issues with the Chinese government. I feel I feel I feel terrible for a lot of people that live there and you know some of the atrocities that happen over there. I agree. And and I think like uh you know TM and Square happened. Yep. Yes. Let, let's just leave it yeah, at that. It did exist. It did exist. Yeah. It did exist. I would like to take a middle of the road approach like oh, I do all the time with uh anything political because I for one want to uh sell to the 1 billion people that live <laughs> in China. Mm. <laughs> uh okay, so uh relationship with the hip hop community. Uh yeah, this is an interesting So little... I didn't know that there was anything that was, like, controversial about him with the hip-hop community. So there's a couple things that are, and we'll read through them. Um, but, yeah, he's got a bit of a – it's been noted that he is not quite liked in the hip-hop community. And he's also kind of – there's been rumors he's denounced hip-hop while he also rose up on hip-hop as mm. well. Because um, he, when he first dropped Stoney, he was – apparently this is just rumors. He denied it. But apparently he was invited on – to do the triple XL freshman class. Mm. And apparently he turned it down because he viewed himself as a pop country, pop artist, not a hip hop artist. Mm. And then there's some other stuff here now that you can read that are qu- is quite interesting. Lil B's got a great quote. Okay. So he was called a culture vulture yes. multiple times by different publications uh, and on social media for appropriating African-American culture and California rapper Lil B wrote on Twitter in October of 2017, Post Malone is slowly turning into a white dude. Lol, he's pushing it. Give it a few years, and he's going to be full country and hate blacks. Lol. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, with Post replying in an interview claiming that his white skin has been used against him. No, why would you say that, you fucking idiot? Jesus Christ. Of all the things that you could say, like, okay, I don't think that controversial opinion here. Don't think that... Uh, like, obviously, there's some people that might be, like, uh, against it, but I don't think that in the grand scheme of things, color of someone's skin really matters that much in hip-hop if you're res- if you're respecting the art form and, and good at it. I see some reasons why, like, he's being a culture vulture for hip-hop culture. I mean, he, he comes out, he's a white guy that grew up in Texas, yeah. and he 
originally was singing country music. Uh, was but and then he drops White Iverson. He's rocking grills. He's got braids. Yeah. Um. You know, I can see why people would no, no, say no, that I, about I, him. I definitely agree right? with that. But I don't like the excuse of yeah, like it's yeah. my white skin. Yes. Like, oh, well, he's got a he's got up. a worse one next. Shut listen, the fuck to, up. listen to this next thing he said. In November of 2017, Post Malone was criticized across the internet for comments made in a interview that seemed to dismiss the emotional range of hip hop. The genre of music he creates. If you're looking for lyrics, if you're looking to cry, if you're looking to think about life, don't listen to hip hop. Oh, you fucking idiot. Uh, he said, adding that whatever, whenever I want to sit down and have a nice cry, I'll listen to some Bob Dylan. <laughs> okay. Like, yeah, sure. It, Bob Dylan's fun, but like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up. I'm sorry. There's been, there has been a lot of hip hop that has made me emotional and, and like not even, not even stuff that is like, uh, uh you know, groundbreakingly, uh, original in, mm. in terms of like, it, like I've, I've looked at some of, some of the mainstream stuff has made me emotional. Yeah. There's been a few Eminem songs that have actually made me like emotional in the past, mm-hmm. uh, specifically a lot on the Marshall Mathers LP two, where he kind of fucking goes into a lot of. I'd like to say a Tribe Called Quest final album. Like yeah. I yeah. cried multiple times. Yeah, I listened to that. It's a good fucking listen. Even there's some recent songs. Like there was, uh, I forget who sings it. There's one that's a tribute to Virgil Abloh. It's called "What Happened to Virgil." I think it's Young Dirk. It's quite a good song as well. I wouldn't say it's overly emotional, but the content of the piece mm-hmm. is emotional. Talking about you know, is... also any a bunch of clippings tracks, their mm-hmm. stories, yeah, singles yeah. Are fucking like, yeah. I emotional. wouldn't agree. I mean, he's entitled to his opinion, but I think if but... you're in the hip hop space and you create you know hip hop music and you say, I think one of the quotes is yeah, they're not they don't talk about shit. That no one's talking about real shit. I think is one of the things he said, which um, is bullshit. That same like, interview. That's the whole point. And of it's hip-hop. like you you can't define real shit. I mean, people are no. like a lot of hip hop is talking about. I mean, tough life experiences. Yep. Uh, growing up in poverty, you know, mm-hmm. crime, violence. Um, some some like to argue it's glorifying it. Some like to argue that it's just telling the facts of life. Yeah. So I mean, you can't say that's yeah. not real shit. Yeah. People people make up stuff in the hip hop community. Say I do this or I was this. I yeah. was that. Certainly, but it, you can't say it's not real shit. People are talking about their life experience. That's the whole. That's what hip hop is all about is talking about life experiences. People talking about, you know, look at the, some of the stuff that Kendrick talks about. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say listen yeah. to the newest Kendrick album. Yeah, like it's not it might not be emotional in the same way that it'll make you cry, but people are speaking about topics with emotion. Yeah. And you know, I think it's bullshit to to discount that. And um, I also feel like that's as generic as saying that country music is all just about trucks. Yes. That's yeah. like that's just a fucking there's there's definitely insight statement. in every genre of music. Yeah. And you know, that's the beauty of music itself. That... I think there's a lovely crossover that we don't acknowledge enough between hip hop and country. Like, no, there there's, is. There's yeah. like the lyricism is very similar. It's the storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And that's you know, that's where it really comes from. I mean, both 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 genres started from I wouldn't say similar places, but similar backgrounds. It's, you know, working class folks. It's people that are, you know, that's where those genres come out of. Yeah, yeah. it's exactly that. It's working class people. It's telling stru- stories, stories of struggle, telling truth, telling their truth, telling stories. Yeah. So I don't know that that quote pissed me off. No, that really yeah. annoys me. And and it sucks, too, because like I, I agree with you, Sam, that that the, the, the crossover is pretty. I think it, 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 it's something that we don't recognize enough because. OG country music was talking about like the poverty that mm-hmm. uh, rural Americans were going through and the fucking like the they were like very anti-government and that they were like don't send us to fucking war mm-hmm. don't do uh don't be uh, taxing us to beat hell when we aren't making any money like it was exactly. a, lo- a lot that's exactly what hip hop yeah. is for yeah. the past like 20 years actually it, since the beginning since the beginning like, really yeah. the influences and, of and that of, are strong now of course there's different ass like different parts of country music there's your bro country that's all about turning up there's your hip-hop that's all about turning up mm-hmm. that are party songs but that doesn't define the genre right so that uh yeah that really uh pissed me off mm-hmm. when i heard that yeah no i can say with so much confidence my stepdad loved his country and when he came into my life me and my sister's life we turned him on to rap very hard nice. yeah <laughs> see that's the thing like i i think it's funny because if i look back at like the two genres that have been consistent through my life it's been hip-hop and country mm-hmm. which is I, I i think that that should say everything yeah. <laughs> right there you know um okay so i'm kind of skipping ahead a bit here 
Um, so, uh, oh, wait, no, fuck. One week later, he said, uh, the comments were made during a beer tasting interview implying that alcohol was a factor in his statements despite making what appears to be an overwhelming mischaracterization of hip-hop in the nice. original interview. Uh, he insists that he was speaking only about his personal taste. Who am I to tell you what you should feel, uh, that you should feel a certain way when listening to something? Uh, okay, that's fair. At least he backed it up a little yeah, bit. He, yeah, at least he backed it up. Well, this is exactly kind of, he just summed up what we kind of said. Yeah. Track list and notable singles. White Iverson, I Fall Apart, Congratulations, which was Diamond Certified. Mm-hmm. Feeling Whitney, Go Flex, Ugh, and Deja Vu. Nice. The only ones I really like are Congratulations, Feeling Whitney, and I Fall Apart, and White Iverson. That's yeah. the only tracks I actually still bump from that album. Uh, not even that I bump it that often either. That's the only ones I really listen to uh, that I would listen to again. Yeah. Um, I do like I Fall Apart. I think that's a very – it's a good song. I think it's a really yeah. good song. Um, Pitchfork noted follow – okay, so we're in the reception yes, now. Reception. Sorry. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> uh, Pitchfork noted following the success of his viral hit White Iverson – Post Malone releases a 68-minute album that shows exactly why he should have never been given the chance to release a 68-minute album. (laughs) (laughs) Giving the album 4.5 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. All Music rated it a 2 out of 5. Mm -hmm. Exclaim gave it a 6 out of 10. Commercially, the album was well-received. Um Stoney debuted at number six on the U.S. Billboard 200 with 58,000 album equivalents, of which 19,000 were pure album sales. Uh, June 6, 2018, the album was certified three times platinum uh, for combined sales and uh, album equivalent units of over three million. Mm -hmm. That's fucking crazy. So it's like, yes, it sold very well, and this is the album that kind of like I said, shot him into fame, but it was not well received critically. I mean, commercially, I think it rides the singles in the big tracks. I mean, um, like we said, uh, congratulations is diamond. Um, yeah. you know, so that's, I think congratulations went 11 times platinum. Jeez. So that's, you know, that's a huge track. White Iverson, like I said, has got a billion views. Um, you know, so this, he's riding his singles, um, on this album, because the whole album is so overinflated. Um, there's so many tracks can be done without. Uh, it also kind of feels a little rushed. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can kind of dive right into the. Uh, yeah, the let's just here. get into the the, the review here because mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, okay, this is a thought that I have, and I want to weigh it with both of you. Mm-hmm. Should we eliminate the criticism section because we end up talking about it when we're reviewing the yes, album? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because I was I was thinking about that the other day. Because I don't write. I don't write anything for it, anyways. We yeah. usually just talk about how we feel about the album. So yeah, yeah. I don't think we need it. Um, okay, so review of the album. Every episode, we review the album out of ten mm-hmm. in the following categories: technical element, musical element, lyrics, reception, album art, and does it hold up? Mm-hmm. Uh, technical element. I would say one of the better parts of the album is how it's mixed. Yeah, I think. I think like I, like he's working with. He's working. I think it's. Got I'm a, saying better, and that's not a good thing. I think he's got his. I think it's got its high points and it's got its low points. Yeah. Um. I think, like I said, the the big singles, obviously, they're they're still very popular. I mean, you could go to a party, and I'm sure you would hear a track off this album. Oh yeah. Wouldn't doubt it. I mean, he's got some heavy hitters: Pharrell, Metro Boomin, Mustard. Like there are some bigger producers on it but it doesn't really save the low points there's a lot of low points i mean the opening track fucking sucks like the the album is not great there's a lot of weird like the woozy beats don't really work all the time no it's uh i would say technically it's kind of muddy um it's lacking any sort of cohesiveness yeah um it feels like which often sometimes hip hop albums do sometimes they do not when they have multiple producers if it's got a full vision from the artist itself it can feel cohesive with yeah. multiple producers doesn't feel that way like i said it no. feels rushed like he signed his record deal in 2015 um you know and then and off of a viral hit and then you know almost a, exactly a year later he's got a full album that's 68 minutes long um you know that's fucking whatever 20 tracks like it's Overinflated, yeah. yeah it's and not... I, I feel like it's you know, if we compared this to uh, Good Kid, Mad City, which also had multiple mm. producers, uh, 
what you said is true. If the if the artist has a vision for the project, it's going to be better. Yeah, it's it's a miss, and I think I think you know he's proven later on that he can you know make a cohesive album. Like we we said, he kind of peaked with beer bongs and Bentleys. Mm-hmm. That was one of the biggest albums of the late two thousand tens. That kind of you know solidified him musically more than this album did. But this. Uh, Technically, I'm going low. Yeah, I I'm gonna say, go five. I, I'd say. Oh, I was gonna say four. Really? Yeah, Dang, I was gonna we'll go, go four and a half. Okay, four and a half. All right, musical element. I would say very low. <laughs> I'm, um, I don't. I don't think that it's like uh, okay. Like I. I would say it's probably around the same for me. I'd say like probably a four. I might go a bit higher. I mean, I do commend him for trying something different. I mean, trying to blend genres that don't typically blend. Um, you know, singing and you know, it's weird because you'll go into like a, like a trap song and then you'll go into like a real sing songy. Mm-hmm. Like I get he's trying new things and trying something different than what was out at the time. But Sam put it really well. Like that sound got old fast yeah. at the time and you know, hip hop, the landscape has changed so quickly since 2016 from yeah. that sort of sound, that singy rap, you know, pop rap is not really what's popular in the hip hop space. Um, yeah. not the, it had a very brief moment with your Fetty Wap and this song and that sort of thing in 2015, 2016. This is kind of fits that mold. White Iverson, congratulations, fits that mold. The sing songy rap. That's not what's popular anymore. That moved past very quickly. Very yeah. quickly. Yeah. I was over it like. From my first listen, honestly, yeah. Yeah. I really I mean, didn't like it. I will, I will give him a bit higher, just because I do commend him trying something different. It didn't work out, but you have to commend the artistry for trying to do something. Different. I'm gonna go a five and a half or a six. I'll go six. Six. Okay, yeah. so we're we're at a five now out mm-hmm. of ten. Lyrics. Wow, I ha- I'm not gonna lie, I'm going really low on this. Fucking, yeah, that's fine. Uh, fucking, uh, like even just like from like swagging, swagging, <laughs> I'm swagging, oh yeah. Bitch yeah, bitch yeah, bitch yeah. Like, well, what are you doing? What are you fucking doing? <laughs> Write more words. Uh, so I would say two out of ten. I'll go three. Go three. Okay, so we're at we're at like a four out of yeah, ten right now, which is fair. Reception low. Uh, it's like it's, I think I think it's tough because it was received commercially quite well. I critically yet, but we have out al- uh, we've done albums that were received poorly critically, but also grew over time and had a large so i mean i think we have to go mid on this just for consistency yeah i mean it ha- it does have a large following it stayed on the charts the r&b hip-hop charts for 77 weeks yeah that has staying power that has you know it's you know it's sold whatever we said three three million albums i mean it's got some staying power i think reception wise we can meet in the middle yeah because critically it's panned but commercially it's very successful yeah um I don't know, maybe a six. Yeah, I'd go with a six. So, so now we're at a five out of ten again. Mm. Uh, uh, album art, it's pretty basic. Yeah, it's just him Four. with a red background. Four. Yeah, I'd I'd say like I'd probably say like three and a half. But I mean, none of his albums really have great art. No, but no. but I would say too around that time that was like the same time that like every fucking rapper had the same sort of album cover yeah. where it was one color background. They're sitting there looking fucking kind of sad uh, yeah it's a four yeah four uh okay so we're we're at a four out of ten does it hold up um can't say completely i think yeah. certain tracks do um i think i wouldn't say they even hold up i say they have replay value out of nostalgia out of popularity i wouldn't say they hold up though um wouldn't say it holds up as a whole mm-hmm. um do we even rate this one or we just say yes or no i think we just say yes yeah. or no uh i'm mid Mid, I'm mid on it. Maybe, yeah, I'm in between. I think certain parts of it hold up. I hope that this isn't one of those albums like how we've discovered some of the music from our parents' generation that you know was critically panned at the time, commercially successful. I hope it's not like that. I don't think it will be. Yeah, I I don't think this. Even like like I said, the nobody's coming and you know playing the the middle tracks on this album. Nobody's replaying the singles no uh they they replay the singles they don't play the you know the mid tracks on this album so i i think it's a i think it's a weaker showing from him uh you know i'm happy at a like a four or four and a half out of ten i think that's completely fair i think i think uh yeah four four out of ten yeah let's go with it all, all right, right let's do it uh so that is uh, another episode of misfits on vinyl mm-hmm. thank you so much for tuning in if you have any album recommendations send them our way mm-hmm. uh and come see me on tour yes all right anal contusions anal contusions 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Misfits on Vinyl, hosted by Spencer Streichert and me, Aaron Walsh, and of course produced by Sam Sam the Tech Man, Sam Lindsay. If you like us, please rate us, subscribe to us, share us. Our socials are Misfits on Vinyl Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. If you want to send us an email with any suggestions or criticisms, uh, we love that shit, so send it away. It's Misfits on Vinyl at gmail.com. We love you guys. Thank you.